This is the Loud Pedal Podcast with Chris Stubbs and Lee Holdsworth. Well, hello, welcome to the Loud Pedal Podcast. Chris Stubbs with you. Lee Holdsworth joining us direct from Darwin on a two-day hangover. Lee Holdsworth, it's <laughs> Sunday night, mate. Not not two days, not two days. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> I told Alana I only had a couple of beers, mate. You've just spilt. You've just opened a can of whoop ass. Um, no, we we had a couple of beers on Sunday night, but we got a whole week to kill. So you got to kill at least one day with a hangover. <laughs> uh, good to hear. Well, coming up today, we have our 2010 champion, the man who secured his first podium for Tickford on Saturday, James Courtney. But first, came off the rank is the owner at Walkinshaw Andretti United. One of them, Ryan Walkinshaw. Ryan. Great to have you on, mate. Uh, thanks for having me on board. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be invited on the show after we've spoken about it for so long. <laughs> and we have. We have. You kept on going on other shows, so we had to give it a little bit of space to make sure we got the best out of you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but they pay more, so obviously I prioritise them. <laughs> <laughs> they must pay $2. Um, <laughs> how's your year going? Uh, usually, for memory, you'd be in Europe for much of this section of the year, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I normally come back for Darwin and Townsville. Um, so I sort of jump back normally for sort of six weeks around this time. But uh, yeah, when you ask how my year's going, it's 2020. So it's probably not yeah. going any better than anyone else's. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty frustrating being in Australia for such a long period of time and not being able to, uh, to actually be able to go to the racetracks with the race team. Um, that's pretty disappointing. But yeah, we're just trying to do the best we can with the, uh, the cards that we've been dealt. Um, and uh, to be honest, we're just trying to make a, uh, do as much good as we can in a, in a pretty tough time for the businesses. Ryan, how's the team holding up personnel-wise? Yeah, I think all things considered pretty good. I mean, Lee, you know we've got a pretty tight-knit group of guys there. You know, we, mm. we, we don't have much, uh, much uh, many issues with our employees in general. Um, you know, we've got a, a really good group of, 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 uh, of people. And I think this year in particular, um, morale's been pretty high, you know, improved on, on track performance and off track as well. You know, it's just a, a very different sort of dynamic within the team, which I think has been positive. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, the fact that we managed to, uh, to get as many people as we could to put their hand up to essentially, you know, pack up their bags with a couple of hours notice and, uh, and, and leave the state uh, for an undetermined amount of time, which will probably end up being, you know, three or four months by the end of it. Um, you know, for, for any group of people to be able to make that kind of sacrifice and work together and remain positive during that difficult, uh, that difficult process and, uh, and, uh, and period, I think, is, um, is, is, is a testament to how strong of a team we've got. Yeah, absolutely. And are you rotating any staff through? I mean, they would obviously have to go into a quarantine if you, if you lost some staff and had to get some more. Yeah, we did a small rotation. Um, well, it was more of an addition um, in Darwin. So we had a, a few guys who, uh, who ended up going up to Darwin a couple of weeks after the team went to Sydney, did their two weeks of isolation um, in a house and then uh, have, joined, have joined the team there. Um, if we do end up having to uh, remain away from home until Bathurst, which I highly suspect we will be, um, then uh, you know, we may look to try and do a little bit more of a, of a rotation uh, if we can, it's just it's just the problem is, you know, it's so frustrating for people going in and out because they're going to have to isolate for two weeks mm. um, before they even go anywhere. And, you know, it's two weeks of isolation doesn't sound like much, but you know, it could be pretty grating um, on, on, on anyone's mental health. So we're just trying to make sure that we, you know, what a balance between, you know, how much do we rotate and force people to go through another two weeks of, of quarantine, essentially. 
Um, and how much do we just try and you know keep reinvigorating and supporting the guys that are already on tour um, and ensuring that, you know, if, if we can do the best by them whilst they're away, the easiest thing is, I think for everyone is to, is to try and keep everyone together in one group um, rather than trying to flip too many people in and out and going through that, that difficult process of two weeks of quarantine. Yeah, sure. And, and what sort of, what, what sort of things can you do to keep the morale high? I noticed uh, the boys were out on um, Fullwood's family boat the other day. Um, yeah, we've done a bit of fishing with the guys. Yeah, we've done a bit of fishing. I just trying to come up with, with activities. Um, you know, just to try and keep people from, from going insane. Um, we're trying to do what we can to support the, the, the guys' families at home as well. So we're constantly offering you know, the guys if there's anything we can do to look after their families, especially as now, you know, after they left, Obviously, you know, then we've gone into stage four lockdown, which adds additional pressure to family units um, from, the, uh, from our team members back home. So, um, you know, just making sure that, uh, that, you know, if there's any issues that the guys feel that they've got that support network from the business underneath them to look after their, their kids and wives uh, and husbands while they're, um, while they're away and, uh, and just do what we can to keep everyone and everyone mentally alert as well, because, you know, it's quite easy when you're away and you've got a lot of downtime in between races as you're going through now, Lee, um, you know, it's easy to just go out and have beers every night and things like that as well. And I know there's, you know, a couple of groups and teams that have been, that have been known to be doing that. And we're just trying to make sure that our guys try and stay as sort of fit and healthy and, and mentally focused as possible as well, because, you know, being away for so long, it's going to be draining on anyone, um, drivers, yeah. mechanics, engineers, um, you know, and it's easy to Chaz get into some bad habits. Too. Chaz yeah, no, Chaz does hate beer. I hear he's allergic to it, so <laughs> uh, it's very do as, I, uh, do as I say, not as I do from Ryan Walkinshaw on that front. Sure. <laughs> I'm good, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm the healthiest I've been in ages. I've been training every day. I'm only drinking wine on the weekends. I've been, I've been pretty good. Just, I'm, just trying, three to, I'm trying to take lockdown on the weekend. <laughs> well, yeah, three, three during the day and then three at night. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, trying to, I'm personally just trying to use lockdown as a bit of an opportunity to try and get healthy again. Yeah, good. There's not much else to do for us down here in Victoria. No, not really. Mate, um, if you don't mind me asking, how much damage has 20 done, 2020 done financially to the, to the race team? And I don't know if you can explain in talks of hundreds of thousands or millions or average it across the, the different teams. How much is this going to damage the bottom line? Um, it really depends on a bunch of different variables. So okay. to be honest, from, I can only really speak for my team and it'll probably only be appropriate for me to do so. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, from, from basically day one, uh, we really battened down the hatches as much as we could um, because we had no certainty or clarity on what the remainder of this season or this rest of this, rest of this year was going to look like, regardless of the season. Yeah. Um, and so from our perspective, we've taken the most pessimistic view possible. Um, and we started planning around, you know, if what happens if we've only got sort of six or seven events this year and we, you know, we finish, you know, by Bathurst and stuff like that. So um, we've tried to be as... Uh, financially prudent as possible um we cut spending in all areas that were in, that were um you know not directly related to uh ensuring that we could uh you know support our our employees and uh, and get the cars to racetracks um and so we're not doing too badly at the moment we've been working really hard with our sponsors um and our partners because um obviously you know they've they've been paying for a full season um and there's obviously you know fair arguments from different groups that you know, the value of what they've paid for is, uh, is potentially changed. But what we're trying to do is rather than have discussions about, you know, pulling back um, sponsorship promises, 
on uh, on dollar value we're we're actually trying to add additional um value to them outside of just race events so you know doing everything we can behind the scenes to try and add additional value on, on social media coming up with additional digital content um and coming up with new uh, activation programs away from the racetrack to try and uh, you know increase that value chain so that we don't end up having to have difficult or awkward conversations towards the end of the year as i'm sure a lot of other teams will be having and um and that's understandable as well from partnership perspectives, right? Because if all businesses are going through tough times, you know, that includes our partners. So, you know, they're going to be looking to try and, uh, and reduce their costs and, and commitments if, uh, wherever possible, because, you know, the clarity and certainty of their futures is, is up in the air as well for the time being. So um, I think just really working closely with those sponsors um, is going gonna, is gonna to do well by any, any sporting business. Um, understanding their pressures and trying to work with them to try and find uh, reasonable solutions for both parties. Um, but so far, uh, touch a lot of wood. Um, our team's in, uh, in, in, in a stable financial condition, which is encouraging and a lot better, I think, than a lot of sporting teams around the world, um, you know, during this very difficult period. Um, but, you know, that can also change on a dime, right? So, um, you know, if all we need to do, all we need to have is another couple of outbreaks in New South Wales and Queensland and, you know, the season's completely ruined and um you know all the good intentions that we've uh, and and hard work that we've put in place currently can uh, can pivot quickly um to being quite negative so you know from our perspective as long as things stay as they are you know currently in the plan um i think we'll be in a in a, in a pretty good position and um hopefully we'll be in a position where we can you know keep people employed and keep uh, keep racing as as hard as we can so yeah, good, mate. Good to hear that's, uh, that's comforting. It's on a knife edge, as you said, for everyone. Um, can you talk to us just quickly? There's a lot of HSV fans out there, <clears> plenty <throat> that would be listening to this podcast. What is the future for HSV as we know it with the demise of Holden in this country? Um, well, it's a good question. And um, uh, I think this podcast goes out later on today or tomorrow, so um, uh, I can talk about it. But uh, we've, uh, you know, we're pretty excited because we've got a big announcement uh, today, which is that um, uh, alongside our partners at, uh, at General Motors, we're launching uh, GMSV, so General Aye. Motors Special Vehicles. Congratulations. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you very yeah, much. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, which is big news for us because we actually started this discussion with them, you know, quite a long time ago about how we could try and restructure our business. Um, and uh, in very simple terms, uh, what this does is it changes Walkinshaw Group um, from being a customer of General Motors Holden to essentially General Motors being uh, a customer of, of Walkinshaw in how we uh, we operate in uh, in Australia. And um, and it allows us to uh, to continue doing our, our, our remanufacturing work on U.S. products, uh, particularly the Silverado product currently, um, but also opens the doors to you know a lot of other uh, GM uh, products in their portfolio going forward. Um, really good story as well for the uh, for the Victorian economy um, because it allows us to keep uh, lots of people in in jobs, um, allows us to keep our business uh, stable alongside our other uh, major customers, such as Atiko, where we do the Dodge Ram uh, business with as well. Um, and uh, and yeah, it gives us a good platform to grow our business and continue that growth that we've enjoyed over the last few years. So, um, you know, it's, it was probably the longest and toughest negotiation I think we've ever had, um, which, was, uh, which was strange because both parties really wanted to make it work. But when you have uh, all these different variables that come into play, such as the, you know, the largest... Uh, strike in GM, uh, workers strike in recent GM history, 
Um, we had a mini financial crisis. We've had um, the world's largest pandemic since uh, 2000, since uh, 1920. Um, uh, so <laughs> with all that, uh, with all with all those different uh, those different you know disrupting factors, uh, we managed to get there in the end. And that was a uh, you know through a lot of hard work and dedication and commitment, just wanting to get this deal done between. Um, you know, uh, General Motors, uh, Holden, and uh, and us over at Walkinshaw. So, yeah, really proud of the guys. Really happy and really excited for the future on that one. Yeah, that's brilliant, Ryan. Um, congratulations on that one. But like you say, with the financial situation at the moment, to nail something like that is huge. So, yeah, unreal, unreal. Um, so you touched on Holden. What does that mean for you next year? Will you be running a Commodore next year in the race team? Is that the is, is is that the link? Yeah, well, um, it's not the link. Um, the the reason we'll be running a Holden next year is 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 uh, is because there's not many options available, um, and uh, absolutely no disrespect for Ford because um, you know, I'm, uh, as you know, Lee, I, I'm actually a, a closet uh, fan of a lot of Ford products, um, <laughs> and don't and don't buy into the the you know the aggressive aggressive Ford versus Holden rhetoric that a lot of other people do, but. Um, I just think for our fans, you know, it would be uh, it would be detrimental to our to our fan base and our race team for us to pivot across to a uh, a manufacturer that has um, you know uh, had such a you know a long history of uh, of, of competing with our team uh, and uh, and for our fans. But um, so in in respect of only having that option and Holden, um, you know, we're going to be continuing with the Holden Commodore ZB Commodore. Um, however. Um, you know, we are anticipating that um, you know we'll 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 have a new manufacturer, uh, hopefully for 2022 or 2023. Um, you know, a little bit disappointing. We actually had two manufacturers um, uh, competing with each other for our team to become a new factory team for 2021. Um, sadly, with the impact of COVID-19, uh, both of those negotiations collapsed, um, which is really disappointing. One of them, we're at contract stage. Um, so uh, you know, we were up when it was when we. If you'd asked me in February, I was pretty confident that um, we weren't going to be running uh, Commodores in 2021. Um, but uh, you know, sadly, with what's been going on in the world, um, you know, that opportunity is, has has disappeared. So, um, however, we've now got new negotiations ongoing with a couple of new manufacturers, um, and uh, so far, very early stages. But um, you know, they're pretty. Uh, I'm pretty encouraged by the positive signs we've had, but that would be a more of a 2022 program um, at, at its earliest. And are these manufacturers that are, are new to <laughs> racing, are we embarking on a whole new sort of era for, for this manufacturer or, or is there a bit of um, bloodline, I guess, in, in what they do? Well, the, the, the current negotiations um, I can't talk about because obviously we're under NDA and I, I can't even give you any hints, I'm afraid, okay. um, <laughs> out, of, out of respect for, 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 for those discussions. Um, the the previous manufacturers we were talking to, um, one of which had never raced in Australia before, um, one of which had uh, raced in Australia uh, previously, and um, I was uh, I was pretty excited about getting getting those guys um, getting those guys back into uh, Australian motorsport. But uh, yeah, sadly, it's, uh, it's it wasn't to be. It was one of those BMW. <laughs> Again, you know, I can't, you know, I can't say, but I'm sure people can connect dots in, uh, in a bunch of different directions. But um, uh, I can't, I can't actually say. Okay, I'm um, sorry. Couple, of, no, that's okay. I understand. Uh, couple, I know you would if you could. Uh, Holden badge. Will you run a Holden badge next year, or would it be a GM badge actually on the front? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I suspect it would just be a Holden badge. Um, 
I don't even know what the process would be for for changing a badge on on a supercar. I assume it's I assume it's well, something that uh, Erebus ran. They didn't run the Holden badge, did they? They ran the Erebus symbol. If someone can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but I believe they did. So I think there must be ways around that. Yeah, potentially. I, I don't think it's a discussion we've had. I think it's quite far down the uh, the list of priorities for uh, internal <laughs> debate at the moment. Um, yeah. So I don't think we've had too many too many thoughts on that. But um, yeah, yeah I, I, to be honest, I think out of respect for our history and, and heritage with with the Holden brand, um, you know, and the fact that it is you know a ZB Holden Commodore um, in essence, yeah. then we probably would end up just continuing with that badge. Um, an alternative version would be we'd, walk, we'd use the Walkinshaw Andretti United badge, I guess. Um, yeah. And I know that Andretti do that on their Indy cars. Um, in fact, I think they do that across all their range of, of cars. They've got the, the Andretti Shield, Andretti Autosport Shield on the front of, their, of, their, of all of their products. So maybe we'll do something like that, but it's, um, it's not something we've, we've thought about too much so far. Camaro, so that means that's dead in the water, right? It's, it's, it's done in terms of a race car? Um, I mean, you never say never, um, from what I understand and from the discussions that we've had, um, it looks highly unlikely at the moment, um, only because there's lots of different, you know, factors going on in the world at the moment. And, um, again, you know, I don't think that, uh, that, you know, trying to push through Camaro uh, into Australian motorsport is, um, top of the agenda for GM, although I know that there are people within GM who are, um, you know, quite uh, passionate about trying to get that uh, that product racing here, um, and obviously, you know, I've been on record plenty of times of saying that I would love to have it racing here. But um, uh, I think it's unlikely for next year. Um, and if it goes into 2022, you know, you're really starting to push against the barrier of the product life cycle of that yes. uh, of, of that variant. So, um, you know, you're not going to go and spend a million bucks or two million bucks developing that for for supercars um, if you've only got a year or two years really of uh, of that product um, existing in its, in its current shape. Um, and, uh, you know, I, d- I don't know. You have to ask GM on what their, their plans are for, for Camaro, but my understanding is that would be quite close to the end of the product cycle, product life cycle. Yeah, okay. Ryan, we, we, had, uh, we had Adrian Burgess on the other day to discuss the Gen 3 and, and mm-hmm. where the category's heading. How, are, you, are you happy with the plans? Um, yeah, from what we've seen, uh, I think it's a step forward. Um, I've just—I I sound like a broken record, but um, you know, these cars are way too expensive. They are way too uh, complicated. Um, we don't need to have that level of uh, of of, uh, of, comp- of complexity in the, in in the vehicle. It shouldn't take as long as it does to strip down and build up. Um, there's lots of very expensive parks, and there's a lot of. Uh, um, things that we continue to do, which is purely engineering masturbation and, and actually add zero value to the, uh, to the, to the, to the fans and to the show. Um, and so uh, as long as they continue trying to focus on uh, reducing the cost as much as possible for the teams, um, reducing the amount of hours required to maintain the cars for the boys, um, and, uh, and uh, I think most importantly, considering the, the absolute requirements of, uh, and focus required to uh, to get new manufacturers into the category, um, you know, reducing the, the barriers of, to entry from a cost perspective, I think is really, really critical. Um, and so that's obviously got to be a priority. And then uh, finally, um, creating a, a roll cage that allows us to have a wide range of potential different products is also uh, critical. And I know that that's a big priority for them um, going yeah. forward. So I, th- I think that from what I understand and from what we've been told so far, um, 
and from what I, I can talk about with you guys, I think that um, it's a, it sounds like it's a positive, good step forward, um, especially considering you know all the <laughs> the difficulties that's uh, that's occurred for supercars and 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 the personnel and the teams involved in in Gen Three. Um, I think I think we're doing quite well. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, the proof will be in the pudding. Uh, the results uh, from all the different angles that I've just mentioned above will be uh, will be what demonstrates whether or not it's going to be a success or a, or a failure. Um, but I'm uh, I'm I'm currently quite bullish, and, and I'm glad that we're taking this opportunity to try and uh, rectify some of the sins of the past. Um, I think the biggest issue is going to be the the transition costs of the teams. To be honest, I know supercars are working through a bunch of different options, but you know, uh, the timing couldn't be worse for asking teams to build up a bunch yeah. of new chassis. Um, you know, because they do that even at a reduced cost, even if you reduce it by 20, 30, 40% of what they currently cost to build a car, um, which, which would be in a very extreme uh, cost reduction, um, it's still going to be out of the, the price range from a, from a cash perspective for a lot of the teams. So um, that process is going to be very, uh, very uh, tricky to manage. Um, and uh, it's going to require some sacrifices, I think, from some people and, uh, and you know, a lot of commitment from others. And uh, hopefully we'll get there on the other end with, you know, a really, really good product and a, a good transition from our, our current chassis and our, our current formula to, to a new one, which is uh, better and brighter for everyone. Is there anything you can suggest specifically to cut costs or, or to improve the package? Um, I've, uh, there's a bunch of different areas and, and yeah, I think a lot of the low hanging fruit has been reduced and I think, um, I think there are still areas, uh, where we can try and, uh, and, and, and reduce costs, particularly from a, a perspective of trying to get a new manufacturer into the category. Um, I think creating cars, I, I, I personally think, and I know some people in supercars will, will wince at this, but I personally think that the way that British touring cars, um, uh, do it is actually, is actually pretty good. They've got their Tocker engine, which is a, you know, standard uh, centralized engine from the category, essentially, that um, any manufacturer can pick up. It's not branded to any any particular manufacturer. So um, it stops the discussion, which I've had, you know, now four times with manufacturers where they ask, what engine can we can we produce and and, uh, and use for the category? And if they don't have anything that, that suits the requirements, you know, it becomes a discussion of, well, is there a category non-branded engine or can we use your engine? And we say, well, we can use our engine. It's a Walkinshaw engine, but it's based on a Chevy block. And they go, oh, I'm not so sure we really want that. Um, in some cases or in other cases, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we can deal with that. But, you know, it shouldn't really be a, a, dis a difficult discussion to have. You know, there should be an option for a centralized engine that you can just take off the shelf that meets all the requirements and uh, reduces the, uh, the the cost barriers to entry of a manufacturer by a significant amount because engine developments for you know getting a, getting a new manufacturer in is 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 staggering. You just have to ask the Kellys on on how much they would have spent on on those poor Nissan engines to try and get them uh, get them uh, compliance with the regulations and um, and get them competitive. So I think that's a really really important one, which I know is um, you know being developed at the moment or so certainly being planned. Um, uh, and then the other thing is I still think stripping out more and more uh, more and more data is important for the race team as well for race teams as well and you know Lee I know that you know you got you guys may be fans of having that data as a racing driver but you know if we can go to race weekends only having you know one engineer per car um, maybe with one engineer in the middle as a, as a data engineer then you know that's uh, that just means we have to have less people on the uh, uh, on, on the books of the teams and you know, we need to save costs um, in as many areas we can. And at the end of the day, the biggest cost for every single team in supercars are human beings. And it's not a nice thing to say, but, you know, if you want to have jobs for 
you know, the majority of the, of the people in every single team, you know, we still need to find ways that we can save costs by reducing the, uh, the amount of roles required for us to get racing on, in this category. It's a huge yeah, yeah, talking yeah. point, isn't it? And it's one that we could, uh, I guess, probably spend all, all day on or a whole, uh, a whole podcast on. But we do have James Courtney standing by. He'll be joining us in a, in a couple of minutes' time. I wanted to get your thoughts on the calendar, uh, Ryan. QR is the original expectation, but <coughs> understand there may be some issues now in terms of financially making that happen, which is interesting given that it was dropped off the calendar. Now it's needed to come back on. It's a, it's an awkward situation. What do you hope to see happen? Uh, on that specific request, um, there'll be people who have paid a lot more money and far smarter than I who end up coming with a solution on that one subsidy. But um, I, I think that we should be personally, I think we should be looking at every single potential, uh, you know, race, uh, racetrack option that we can, that we can have at the moment. And we should be doing all we can to try and get as many races as we can, uh, in a shorter period of time as possible because um, you just don't know how this, uh, this virus is going to, uh, to, to, to evolve across Australia. We've already seen, you know, Victoria having to very quickly be forced back into a, a pretty cat- catastrophic lockdown. Um, and uh, it only takes a few cases for that to happen. And that can happen again in, in New South Wales or, or Queensland or, or anywhere else. So, um, you know, with that sort of uncertainty, I'd be, ch- I'd be chomping at the bit to get um, any potential races we can um, during a period that we know we can race, which is now. Um, and if, uh, if there's a solution for QR, I do hope that we find it because, um, you know, if we end up having to you know, finish the season at Bathurst, for example, because, you know, we end up having another outbreak um, in New South Wales or Queensland, for example. Um, you know, we, 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 we need to ensure that the number of races um, that we've hit across the season um, allows us to not be in breach of any of our contracts with the teams, with their, potential, with their partners or potential partners, and also with the supercars and, uh, and Fox um, and, you know, the TV, the TV rights, the deal that we have there. So um, I think it's uh, any, any options that we have currently available to us to go racing, um, I think we should be taking. Um, and even if that means that we do too much now and have to have longer periods of, uh, of, of downtime, uh, after Bathurst, for example, um, because we've ended up compressing it a lot in the period that we know we can go racing, then so be it. Ryan, it's the uh, talk of the town at the moment. It can be a, not a great podcast topic, but tyres in general, what, what's, your, <laughs> what's your stance? It feels like Adrian's sort of, and supercars are stepping back away from it a little bit now and, and being really clear in, in saying that something that they're doing to mix up the results, get everyone's cars a chance to be at the front, get some sponsors out there, give some love to the people that need it most at yeah. the moment, but we'll probably step back away from it next year. Is that your read or what do you hope to see there? Um, yeah, I think it's probably my read there, but you know, I, wouldn't, I, I personally wouldn't be stepping back from it completely um, in the future because um, regardless of you know, some people saying it's, it's sort of manufactured racing, um, I think it's kind of a soft argument because all, man- all racing is manufactured in some way, shape or form. You know, there are rules and regulations that are in place in a whole plethora of different areas in motorsport and in different categories um, that are used to try and balance the, uh, the, the, the category a little bit and trying to encourage exciting racing. From my personal perspective, um, I'll stick to my guns on this as I always have done. Um, we are an entertainment platform first and foremost. If we are not entertaining, if we don't have entertaining races, if it's not exciting, if it's not, um, if it's not unpredictable, it becomes boring and fans don't enjoy it. People don't watch it. We haven't got room to grow. It becomes a hardcore racing enthusiast category. 
uh, and without you know yeah without trying to you know say anything controversial hardcore racing enthusiasts in general across the world um are in decline um and uh you know we need to be doing as much as we can to to create an entertaining you know uh and an entertaining show and um you know that is i, I think it's un, un, impossible to argue otherwise that the uh, racing has been way more unpredictable. It's been way more exciting from a passing perspective, from an uncertainty perspective um, over the last few events. And it's had some really, really good TV. And a lot of fans have really been excited about it. In general, when you have these kind of tire changes where you're, you're allowing uh, opportunities for the teams to be able to, uh, to take advantage of that. And, you know, as we saw on the weekend, you know, the, uh, particularly on, on Saturday, um, you know, it was, it was a, and this is no disrespect to JC and, and uh, on the podium, for example, you know, he, he, he drove really, really well and, and, and raised hard and he did a good job there. Um, but, you know, he, he took the strategy of, of smashing on his, his soft tyres uh, on a day when most people were on hards. So, the, you know, the amount of people who they, they, those soft tyre guys were racing against was less and it allows them opportunity to go and grab a podium. And that is a good thing for the team, good thing for those partners. Um, it was exciting for TV. Good talking points for you, Stubbsy, because it gives you something to write about when you're stuck at home. <laughs> and, um, and for the fans as well, because you know, people want to see that. And at the end of the day, fundamentally, um, the rules are there for everyone. The same tyre uh, opportunities are there for everyone. And if Red Bull or, Scott Mc or, or you know, Penske or Scott McLaughlin, for example, want to go and slap on two soft tyres on the Saturday and, and ensure that they get a, a race win, um, they've got the ability to do that. Uh, they choose not to. They choose the other strategy, which is the same strategy that you know we sort of chose, um, and that you know makes it harder, um, and uh, you know forces you to sacrifice a race. So, whilst I think it's um, it could be argued that it's slightly manufactured racing, I don't think that's that much of a good argument. Um, I think uh, it's important, particularly this year, um, to encourage uh, an interesting, uh, entertaining show and to give opportunities for teams to be able to maximise their value to their partners. Uh, and for their fans, and um, you know, whilst the rules are the same for everyone, um, you know, it's it's fair for everyone. It's it's up to the people to use those rules how they see fit for the, you know, the most value for their team. From our perspective, we're not really doing that, particularly with Chaz. We're going down the other route, and um, it sounds kind of weird saying this, but um, we'd we'd almost be happy coming fourth in every single race. Um, because that means we probably end up winning the championship at the end of the season. So, um, you know, going on the race weekend and not necessarily fighting, you know, hundred percent for race wins, you know, fighting more for how you finish across the course of the three races on average is, is kind of strange, but, um, you know, if, uh, if it's the same for everyone, it doesn't really matter. And, um, you know, if it ends up, if you end up doing that well across the season, you know, the championship is what matters in Bathurst. So, um, yeah, I think it can work. I'll ask uh, JC and Lee about that a little later on. I, I would be interested to see what a driver thinks about finishing fourth and taking a championship versus winning races. It's an interesting topic, mate. It is. Uh, no it's it's difficult. It is. It is. No disrespect to JC, who is about to join us. Um, but can I ask you about Chaz Mostert this year, third in the championship? Are you happy with how that's progressing and what he's uh, offering to the team? Yeah, I mean, I alluded to, uh, alluded to it earlier a little bit with um, with my comments about you know how the team dynamic has changed, and um, it's it's absolutely no disrespect for James and Scott because you know I love those guys, they're 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 great blokes, and James in particular, Elizabeth Art was you know he's been I've been racing with him since day one of my racing career, right? So I'm I'm pretty close to the guy, and 
I was really happy seeing him on the podium and, and having some success at Tickford. And I was actually gutted for him that he didn't get his podium at Sydney Motorsport Park. So, you know, good for the, uh, good for the old bloke to have a smile on his face again. So, um, um, but from our perspective, um, you know, it was a big change for us to, to change both of our drivers and get a young bloke in like Bryce and, and you know, get, uh, get Chaz in. Um, but, uh, yeah, very, very different character to, uh, to, to the previous drivers we've had. Um, and uh, alongside Adam Debore, you know, that, uh, that new dynamic coming to the team, I feel, has been a really positive change. Uh, I think it's a change that we needed. Um, it's forced us to reevaluate some things that we thought we were doing well that maybe we weren't. And, um, you know, and uh, just having that you know, re-energized, refocused team dynamic, I think, has, has added a lot of value. Chaz is great to work with. He really, I mean, he, his, his reputation precedes him on that. So um, it's been, uh, he's been really, really good to have involved with the guys particularly during a tough time like we've had this year. Um, and so far, you know, the performance is still miles away from where we want it to be. Um, and uh, we're still not perfect, but we've definitely taken a step forward, um, which I'm really encouraged by so far this season. Um, we've still got some, some you know, uh, development work that we want to try and, uh, try and get on the cars um, as soon as possible. Um, all things, uh, you know, being equal and not having any, uh, any issues with COVID. And, um, you know, if someone had told me, at this time of the season, we'd be sitting third and still, you know, in a, in a battle for, for, for a championship with Chaz. Um, this time last year, um, I probably would have ripped their arm off for it. So, um, you know, currently, I think it's been, uh, it's, it's been a, a, a decent season so far. But, um, you know, we still want to go and get a couple of race wins. And um, we've still got Bathurst ahead of us, which is going to be our absolute focus like it is every year. Yep. Um, James Courtney is in the waiting room, so we might see if he wants to... Uh... Join into the conversation there Get him as, we, on. as we cross over. JC, uh, if you can hear me there, mate, would you like to say good day to your old mate? He's just called you the old man, uh, Ryan Walkinshaw. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they've been calling Lee and I the veterans of uh, supercars this year. So. But no, it's good to see Ryan. Or oh, not see him. I can't see him. He hasn't got his boat. His video on, which is unusual. It's because he's new. It's like looking at you, Ryan. Oh, yeah, you're I'm a beautiful sat, man. I'm sat in a bubble bath, JC, with a couple of candles on. <laughs> <laughs> Again, normally we would see this. So I'm <laughs> disappointed that the world can't see it. But uh, but no, I think uh, you know, just going off what Ryan just said with with uh, the change and everything. I think I, look, it's been good that I had a really long relationship with those guys, um, and sort of spoke a bit, a little bit with Ryan about when I was making the decision to change, and and I just didn't want it to get to a point where it was sort of like a stale and and bitter between us. So yeah, I've. I've I've still got a good relationship with Ryan. I still text him. Um, you know, him and his, and Haley and Martini's mother have uh, you know been a big part of my life for the last ten years. So you know, I'm happy that those guys are um, you know have got a bit of success for sure. I want to be in front of them, but um, but yeah, they're a good bunch of blokes and they're like family. So uh, yeah, exactly. it's um, it's annoying that it's not me, by, by the way. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, unless you wanted to say anything to James, we might uh, leave you there. I know you've got this big announcement to get to. Uh, and yeah, I've got a bit of work to do, I'm afraid. Yeah, Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, huge congratulations, mate. And uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. No worries. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Ryan. Cheers, Cheers. mate.
Whatever. Well, JC, life at Texas. Now we can really talk about it. I still care. I knew you'd start saying some shit behind my back as soon as I left, so I hung around. Hang up, mate. Hang up. Go away. I think he's gone. Yeah, go for it. You've got me all clear. Oh, God. I'm glad he's gone. I was just asking about life. For Tickford, it would be a, a pretty different situation, I would have thought. It is. I just I had a headache listening, trying to work out all those big words Ryan was just using. He's <laughs> something that I've, I've forgotten about. But uh, but now I'm having a great time. I, you know, Lee, you mate, beside you, um, you know, it's, he's one of the good guys of Pit Lane, and something that I always gravitated towards throughout my whole career. If we're all standing in a group as drivers, so to be working with Lee again is, is awesome. And, and uh, yeah, Yes, they are calling us the veterans, but the veterans, the old dogs are going to the young pups at the moment in our little team shootout, which is, which is yeah, funny. And flying Lee and flag, I like, mate. Oh, we like wrapping them up, <laughs> which is good. Um, <laughs> no, I'm loving it at Tickford. Uh, as much as Ryan said, it's a new dynamic and a shift for those guys. Uh, it's the same for me, really. I, I keep saying to Lee and, and uh, maybe Roberts and those guys that it's such a different dynamic. And the way that they try and generate the speed out of the car is very, very different, but um, just the personalities and um, to have such a huge group of blokes that get on so well, there isn't, it, there isn't one guy in there that sort of is an outcast or anything. So it's, um, I'm not saying it was like that at WAU, but definitely wasn't as harmonious as what it is at the, uh, at the new setup. And the teammates a little bit easier to work with. So, uh, so that's, uh, I've, I've had my run of tough teammates with, um, with the old GT stripe and then, uh, then Scotty Pie. So uh, yeah, it's a pleasant, pleasant uh, working environment. We don't mind the beer together too. Yeah. Oh, we've had a few of those, <laughs> especially over this little COVID break. The old boys stay out of party. How bad was uh, Lee yesterday? He, we were texting. He didn't get back to me until mid-afternoon. So I assume it was quite a nasty one. Well, I went out of the, uh, the place where we were having dinner to have a phone call. And, and um, I think I ate something that wasn't too well. And I, so I had to get it out of my body. And as I went to get back in, the, the, uh, the, the man guarding the door said, it's best you go home, little fella. So, uh, so I went home a bit earlier than those guys. But... Um, but yeah, no, everyone knows how to. We, we like to race hard, have a good time, and uh, enjoy life. That's for sure. But yeah, Lee was Lee was mint. I, he even went for a run yesterday. I did. I did. I ran it out. Did it end up with karaoke, Lee? Is that what happened? Started oh, with no. karaoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much started that way. From the first year, we were singing pretty loud. So, but there was a lot of out of tune singing. So it was. Um, <laughs> Good fun. The only way to be. Yeah, you nah. guys can, can see each other's hotel rooms here. Is Lee, JC's looks pretty nice. Is there some sort of, uh, has he got a better deal with the hotel rooms or something? Look at, look at mine. My, there's just shit everywhere. <laughs> That's what happens when I you're jammed, in a hotel room for three weeks. I jammed everything onto the chair in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned the chair, the chair in front of the window to try and get the light. If um, only there was a rug to sweep it under. <laughs> you are a pro. You're a pro. Hey, um, congrats, JC, on, on the podium. Um, Ryan brought it up there. We were A lot of us get, uh, absolutely going for you at uh, SMP when it was so close, but you've got one now. Um, congratulations. How does it sit with you? 
Yeah, it's awesome. It's um, I'm, I'm personally I'm a fan of the the way that the racing's mixed up, and I think the fake how you were talking with Ryan, the fake tire thing or fake racing, I think it's a load of crap. I agree with him, um, especially in the economic climate that we're in. We need to definitely give a lot of love to you know all the sponsors that we have, and and a hundred percent agree with him with that we're uh, we're show business, and um, and as long as we're if we're not entertaining, people aren't they're going to be switching off. So we need to keep engaged with the fans, keep the racing exciting. Um, so part of that is going all in sometimes. And, and um, you know, even like Ryan said, he, they, they had their strategy, so they spread it out over three races so they could get more points. Whereas, you know, with us, because the point system the way it is, you can have one really good uh, race, one okay race, and then one bad one and still finish in a, a similar sort of position where you would have. So, um, I think it, I, I'm, I was pumped. Anytime you can stand on a podium here, it's a happy day. So I'm here to race and win. I'm not here to come fourth like Ryan is. So uh, maybe it's a good deal that I'm, I'm a tick with him now because Lee, I know he's 100% the same. So it's, um, it's good. I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I agree with, with JC. It's uh, in the end, it all comes out in the wash and you see it at the end of the weekend, the points, you've got your fastest guys who finished, you know, the best on points and, You've got the the fastest guys at the at the front in the championship, so you know spreading the love a little bit is uh, is good at the moment. Um, we need we need a bit more of that. So yeah, it's good. But yeah, JC, you touched on the podium. Uh, you know, it, it's it sucks though. I reckon at the moment because you have your podium, but you know we all wanted to come down and, and rush down and cheer you on, and but we had a truck in the way. We couldn't even see the car. Couldn't even see you. I was um, looking for you. I know. Well, I was there behind the truck. <laughs> In spirit. <laughs> um, how, how, how much does that take away from it? Yeah, it's massive. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was bullshit, really. We, um, yeah, there's no reason why we couldn't have had a podium. Um, they had one on Sunday afternoon where, mm. yeah, like I said, we have to be entertaining. We have to give all the sponsors that little bit of love, that photo of them, of their branding on the podium. Um, I was hugely disappointed, not only for myself, but I thought uh, it was Anton's first ever race winner in the category. And for him to miss all that fanfare is, is um, yeah, it's, it's no good. And I think that was something that really has let down the sport in this little, in this little area where it's sort of forgetting about that sort of thing. And, and um, you know, yeah, with all due respect to all the COVID stuff where there's not any, issue up here and and um, we've all been tested and we're all sort of shaking hands and everything anyway after the race but we're not allowed to sort of stand together on the on the podium so I thought that was a big letdown from supercars um, and I know a lot of people in pit lane were pretty upset about it and also with with, uh, with your one there's no reason we can just they can put the trophies on the podium we can walk up stand up hold them um, but yeah, that photo opportunity and that little moment in the spotlight is is priceless for the sponsors, and uh, for that to be taken away from them is uh, yeah hugely disappointing. Boys, what do you think of the triple crown? I know it's in the past now, but in general, does that the way I look at it? Scott McLaughlin clean swept it. Was the first to do it last year. Awesome, congratulations! But now to be awarding the actual title and the trophy for the triple crown. Uh, the way it went on the weekend, that tie and the count back for Fabian and and Jamie. What, what do you guys make of that? Is it taking away from the the whole glory of the Triple Crown? 
it's almost like they're right. just giving it away now, I reckon, because it, it yeah. went for 20 years or something, wasn't it, Lee, without anyone doing it. Yeah. So it made it super special. And then yeah. this weekend, it's sort of like they've gone, okay, well, we've got to give the uh, the guy that gets the most points over the whole race weekend something. And I think a lot of that was blown up from two teams that rely that <laughs> they've got their, their uh, sponsorship programs heavily weighted on sort of a podium finish and that sort of thing. And that's the one, they're the guys that got upset that the racing's been mixed up and the tyre rules and all that sort of stuff. So they're sort of supercars almost manufactured something for them to have, which is, uh, I feel, which is disappointing and, and shouldn't be the way it is. It's history is the way, you know, things have happened in history and it became so important because of, it was so hard to get. Now it's just whoever gets the most points. So yeah, yeah. I personally yeah. think it's crap. Yeah, 100% agree. It's um, it's lost its unique, you know, uh, it's lost that that massive um, uh, title, I think, you know, now. It's been won twice now in two years and, mm. you know, once in 20 years and then and now twice in, in two years. So, yeah, it's a bit strange. Hey, JC, you talked about, you know, your sponsors missing out on the chance, the photo op. Peter Addison and, and Boost Mobile, where would you be without them? I'd probably be uh, trying to do carve Lee out of a job and do this with you permanently. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or where Lee, uh, where Will is at the moment. It's, um, yeah. you know, it it's, wouldn't be a pretty place. Those guys have been, you know, huge supporters of me the, for a long, long period of time. And, uh, you know, I not only owe my racing to him and, and being able to come here and race, but, you know, it's in the other way of looking at it, it's funding my lifestyle and my family and, and, taking my kids through school. So yeah, I, it's the relationships priceless that I have. And, and um, just thankful that I kept um, ignoring, uh, you know, not ignoring what people were saying and kept, you know, communicating with Pete and keeping him happy the whole way through, not only my career, but these last little bit. And really he's quite a successful businessman in his own right. So I took a lot of guidance from him with sort of stepping away from the whole techno thing and how it was going to be managed and, and um, to have someone that has your back like that makes that whole big, scary decision a lot easier. So Pete said to me, don't worry, mate, when I'm not going to let you go hungry. I'll be able to, you know, you'll have food in your mouth. Let's, this isn't the right place for us. This isn't working. Let's, you know, do something else. So it's, um, without him, it, it, um, I probably would have still been banging heads with John Webb and, and that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, it's uh, for my own sanity. It's uh, it's fantastic. Can can you talk us through a bit of that, JC? With with why what led you to go to, to Team Sydney in the first place, and then what what was the fallout? Yeah, the reason I went there in the first place, one, um, you know, I'd been at WAU for a long period of time, and I was looking to for something else. Um, you know, something as much as they were wanting to you know, re-spark their environment, I was the same. It, we all became too familiar and happy with each other. So um, and then Supercars, the, the opportunity for the whole Team Sydney thing, and I, I think it's a fantastic opportunity. And, you know, that team, if it's run properly, has something to offer that no other team can in the whole category that we've got with, um, you know, with a facility and a race circuit that you can activate on 24 hours, seven days a week. Um, so 30 minutes outside the, the you know, Australia's biggest CBD. So it's um, the commercial aspect of it is huge and the potential and um, to be able to leverage that into the racing is, um, is very, very unique. And then also the other two parties that I had involved throughout the, 
the time were very interested in running the business or the race team quite differently to just the average race team and, and um, having other avenues to for, for income that would have helped fund the race team. Um, so all of that was re really, really interesting to me. And also being a Sydney based um, or Sydney born boy to uh, be able to take something back and really give it to the community and, and uh, really be very, very proactive within the community, not only with, um, you know, like public appearances and that sort of stuff, but also activating with the local universities and, the, and things like that and workforce and really entrenching the, the team into the West. I'm a proud Westie. Um, and so that really, I saw that as the next few years, <laughs> the end of my career racing and then stepping away from the racing and, and um, having an involvement with the team and with that whole West of Sydney sort of motorsport program um, and being the face of it and running that course. So that was the attraction. Um, yeah. The whole web thing got a little bit entangled as the web does. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard anyone that come away from those guys that uh, has, has had a good experience. So I, I thought my relationship or friendship with John would have sort of been made things a little bit easier and cleaner and, and, they wouldn't have done what they did, but obviously not. So it's, uh, yeah, I, look, I haven't lost that dream. I think there's still a lot of potential and, and, um, and that can still happen because they're not doing it to anywhere near a level that's acceptable or, um, you know, sustainable. So it's, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that program. But, uh, but yeah, it's for my own sanity, mate, I had to, had to walk away and, and, um, you know, I've worked too long and hard on my own personal brand and, and who I am as a person for that to be destroyed through, you know, someone else's doing. So it's, um, it wasn't easy. Two kids just out, freshly out of a divorce, uh, walking away from, oh, you know, that all falling apart and not being part of it was a, uh, was a big step and, uh, it was pretty scary, but, uh, I, I made it and I'm, yeah, I'm a lot happier now. I think it's, um, you know, this year, Considering everything that's going on, it's um, yeah, it's a lot better than what it was going to be. Pete's been quite vocal about wanting to start a team. It was quoted the other day talking about a, a two-car team. Would you like to, from what you've just said there about your relationship with him, what he means to you, would you like to start a team with him and be part of that journey? You spoke about yourself and as a elder statesman of a team and uh, veteran, with, veteran of the team, working with someone <laughs> like a, a, a Brock or someone that you could you know, really guide and help develop in, into a long-term future for a, a Boost mobile team? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be crazy not to. It's, um, you know, my whole life has been dedicated to motorsports. So once the racing side of things, you know, passes up, it's, uh, you're sort of then looking at the wall as to what's, what you're going to be doing. Um, so, yeah, I've been talking with Pete a lot, a lot about this and, and um, you know, their vision and what they want to do with, with their brand here in Australia, not only within motorsport, but in sport. In general, they they're pretty active with um, you know with surfing um, and a lot of the sort of extreme sports, a lot of motorbike stuff, um, you know, some street sports like in, in skateboarding and all that sort of thing. So they really they are quite a youth um, focused market. So with uh, me just ticking over the thirty, I've got to uh, think about their <laughs> their um, their demographic as well. So yeah, I'd love to be able to work with a um, you know, with, with someone else over the next few years and, and um, really sort of bring on that next gen. And that's a little bit of what I did with my karting thing as well. So, um, yeah, I'm passionate. I, 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 uh, 
probably still wake up each morning and can't believe that I still haven't had to have a real job yet. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I've only got to this position because of people took risks on me, um, like a, a guy, Jim Morton initially, um, obviously parents first, then Jim Morton, then when I was overseas, Alan Gow, um, and then Neil Crompton was a big part of that. He was sort of in the position I'm in my career is where Neil was in his, his time when he sort of did the intro with me with, um, with Alan and also Adderton. Um, so yeah, I've, I've uh, sort of got to that stage in my career and I'd like to be able to sort of pay it forward, so to speak, and, and help that next, that, that next group. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. I was talking with Pete about it on Thursday about, you know, the opportunities and what we can do and all that sort of stuff. But for the foreseeable future, Tickford's definitely the, uh, the focus and, and um, you know, next year I think would be crazy to go anywhere. The only, it's um, the only time I think you would probably, Pete would get more vocal about wanting to um, possibly do his own thing will be when that new car roll, when and if that new car ever rolls in. So it's, um, that's probably the target. And up until then, uh, focusing on our role at Tickford and, and uh, getting the veterans cut with Lee and uh, we'll see where we go from there. <laughs> you, you said at um, SMP that there should be news on that front soon about Tickford because it was going really well and you were happy. Is, is there anything, is there a progression? Oh, you can breaking news here first. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Pete lands on Thursday, so we'll know then. Uh, no, he's, Pete is coming back. Uh, and uh, once he gets back here next week, or this week, actually, um, he's in his little COVID bubble, so he won't be able to do much. So uh, really, um, I think Rod and Tim are uh, pushing him quite hard at the moment to, to get that all done. And there's no reason why it won't move forward. I think it's... Uh, it's, it's a great environment. I'm happy. He's really happy with how it is. The car looks great. The car's presented well. The boys are, are, um, are good that are on our car. We haven't really got any complaints. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's um, hopefully it gets ticked off pretty soon, mate. Me, personally, I'd like to have a little bit more security for the future as well. <laughs> it's always a good thing, isn't it? No, it'll be good to have JC along beside me for at least another year because uh, things are tracking along well and it's always good to have someone come in from another team as well you know JC's fresh out of Walkinshaw and um, WAU and and you know there's certain things that we can pick up off off James in in how we uh, find some speed in our cars and and how other teams are finding it so yeah it's it's really handy to have him on board and and each round he's obviously finding a lot uh, a lot of speed in the car and, and the way that we achieve our speed and, and you know the driving style that it requires but but trying not to uh, fall into the trap of just trying to change your driving style to suit the car rather than you know we need to you know we realize that at Tickford we don't have the fastest car at the moment so trying to find new ways of of getting a little bit more speed out of the car and that may may mean that the rest of us have to change our driving style a little bit to to find um, a new balance in the car that'll find us some more speed. So, yeah, handy having James around, and um, and I think that you know that it's it's working well for the team. Hey, JC, I just want to ask you one more before we let you go. Um, this weekend, tyres it looks like again. I don't, I don't want to say the T word, but um, we know they'll be all soft. So, to both of you, James, perhaps first, uh, what are you expecting this weekend? And do you change your strategy? You're not going to throw. You can't throw them all in, in one race and try and get a win. You're going to run softs all in one race. <laughs> yeah, I ran softs all last, last weekend. So I did three races on two sets. So 
we get. It uh, won't be JC's cents. Sunday problem anymore, though. <laughs> no, no, I won't be. Uh, I won't be battling where I was on Sunday afternoon, but uh, hopefully not. But yeah, I think it's disappointing. I think it's uh, it's going to make the racing very boring. I think we already made qualifying boring with the way that uh, we took that tire out of the qualifying, so it, it sort of stopped mixing up that grid. Um, you know. Unfortunately, those two teams have got quite a pace advantage over the rest of us. So it's going to be the Triple Eight and Penske show. So it's going to be boring, I reckon. Um, so, yeah, like I said, the tyre deck here is very low. We did three races on two sets of tyres, which is unheard of. Um, so we've, instead of doing three races on two sets, we now have five sets for three races. So that's three more sets of tyres for the same amount of racing that we did on two last weekend. So it's. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's going to be, hopefully it's not too, like on the weekend, they were filming a plane flying around for crying out loud rather than the cars <laughs> at, at one point. So we need to make sure that it doesn't become boring. But um, as a team, we've got our own little stuff we're going to be working on. So it's, uh, I think all the cars sort of, like Lee sort of spoke about, I sort of sat quietly for the first two rounds and then once I got drunk with the boys a couple of times and got friendly, I then started pushing <laughs> some of the things that we're doing differently and, and um, that relationship barrier gets broken down and, and uh, Brendan, my engineer, is is, uh, is willing to have a bit of a crack and, and as much as I'm sort of evolving what I'm doing, like what Lee was just speaking about with driving style, I've sort of come away a little bit to the way these guys have been driving the cars and they're also have brought the car back towards me a bit. So it's been a good middle ground. We had a great debrief yesterday with um, a few key areas that um, sort of the weekend, the, the calendar or the program's so condensed that we sort of miss a little bit of what each other's doing. So that debrief is ultra important. We got to be able to hear, um, you know, what's happening in the other side of the garage as much as what's happening in our garage. So a few things they learned on that side, which we'll try and pull into what we're doing and into our program. And, um, and try and close that gap a little bit, but we've uh, as a as a team, I think um, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough weekend considering that the speed that those other guys have. Well, JC, yeah, we better let you go. Sorry, lead us to to speak over you there because oh, that's, um, that is bad. That I spoke <laughs> over him. <laughs> He's probably been saying to you in the background that of, I do it, that I do it to him all the time. He <laughs> could have a really good point, Stubbsy. You just shut him down. Well, I, I told you no. we'd have it for like only a little while. It's been ages. But anyway. Is that how you hold the lead? You just keep talking over him. Go, <laughs> Lee. Go. It's your time. No, 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 Lee signed a 10-year deal and he was going to stay here and he's coming down. I've signed, I've signed a 10-year deal with a loud pedal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think the offer's on the table anymore. I think I just threw, threw it. Are we going for breakfast after this, Lee? I haven't eaten yet. <laughs> well, I yeah, all right. keep it down. That's the question. After the well, I haven't had that oyster, so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, well played. Hey, JC Legends, thank you. Appreciate your time. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Thanks buddy. And See you Chris, soon you for the coffee. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See ya. All right, go away. Um, all right, Lee, did you speak to Anton after your lethal weapon last week, accusing him of faking his fish photo? Did he hear what you had to say no. on the lethal weapon last week? No, I, I, 
I don't reckon he follows the show. I don't think he listened in because <laughs> he had nothing to say. <laughs> Maybe All he thought right. Cam said it because he threw a pretty vicious pass on him uh, into the hairpin. True, true. Might have got his wires crossed. Well, it's that point of the show, our favourite segment. It's our only segment. It's where Lee unloads. It's time for the nice guy of supercars to fire up. It's the Loud Pedals Lethal Weapon. Not saying this is a bad thing. I actually think this is a really good thing, what, what Beardo's doing at the moment, the, um, the IPO, uh, in creating some really tough racing. Um, it just seemed like over the weekend you could you could door someone pretty hard and get away with it as long as you didn't spin them out. Um, it seemed like that was okay. So it's like we're developing a bit of a payback system here. And and there's been a few times over the weekend Anton's pass on on Waters into the hairpin, uh, Pies pass on myself into the last corner, um, and there there were plenty of others over the weekend that that really weren't addressed. Um, and that's fine as long as, you know, you can keep it in the memory bank and, and next time the same deal is for you when you go back to pass them. Um, I lost two positions out of a pass that, uh, Pi put on me and, uh, and it was, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a rude one. Um, I spoke to him about it Sunday night, but, uh, so I think we've got a payback system going on now and, um, and I'm all for it. I don't know whether the teams will be with the damage on the cars, but um, yeah, it, it's a bit of a NASCAR style system, but um, it's uh, yeah, I do think that Beardo does a really good job and um, it will create some entertainment. That's for sure. It would have been entertaining if you were a few froffies deep and you had that conversation with Scott. How did it go? <laughs> no, we're all right. I just said <laughs> next time, next time. <laughs> Just, just remember, I owe you one. No, no, you, me, car park now situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good one, mate. Um, I wrote him in IOU. (laughs) Hey, have you ever seen Ford v Ferrari? I have. That is probably the best movie I've seen in a long time. Haven't, haven't watched a better one since. So it's, it's awesome. It's one of the best movies. Um, Really gives you a great insight into how that whole program. Um, came about and, and just the passion behind the Ford brand um, on the way through. And yeah, that rivalry between Ford and Ferrari was amazing. But yeah, great acting and, and just a great flick. Well, mates, you've certainly stitched up that 10-year deal with the loud pedal now because uh, where I was going with that one was into a promo that you can watch Ford versus Ferrari now oh, on really? Foxtel On Demand <laughs> at any time. Matt Damon and Christian Bale star in the story of Ford taking on Ferrari in the 24 hours of Le Mans with Damon playing the legendary character Shelby. Uh, so you can get that now. You can also get our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, the last show with Adrian Burgess, there was plenty in that one as well. So if you haven't heard it, tune into that one. Uh, thank you to JC. Thank you to Ryan Walkinshaw. Some great news there for his business. And thank you, Lee. And we uh, hope you have a great weekend this weekend and push yourself further up inside that top 10, mate. Yeah, we need to pull our fingers out a little bit this weekend. We um, missed the mark on the weekend, tried to tried some things that didn't quite work. But, uh, yeah, good thing is we're back this weekend to uh, press the reset button and have another crack. Good stuff, mate. We'll catch up with you again. We may as well do one next week, I guess, if we're racing. Yeah. Why not? All right. It's, this is fun. This is good fun. Go and have some <laughs> breakfast, mate. <laughs> I will. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, mate.